women, what definition of woman do you use? What definition of women do we use? Could you well maybe give us a bit more context? Of course. For the um, question. You oversee and promote a range of initiatives, funding programs, um, specifically designated for women. Um, how do you define what a woman is to determine eligibility for the purposes of providing advice on women's policy to government and ministers? So, um, in terms of in the Office for Women, we, we recognise uh, individuals who identify as women, uh, and that's in accordance with the Australian Government guidelines on the recognition of sex and gender. Why is this happening under a coalition government? It's surreal watching this. Well, welcome to The Lyle Shelton Show. I wish I had some answers. If the Australian Government doesn't know what a woman is, it's no wonder our kids are part of an unprecedented ideological and now medical experiment. Later in the show, I'll reveal details of a Christian Democratic Party bill which is aimed at protecting children from this harmful nonsense. In other news this week, why does the Queensland Rugby League want to decide which parts of the Bible its players can and can't quote? How Rugby League administrators became theologians, plus much more in episode 36 of The Lyle Shelton Show. Strap yourself in, it's a wild ride again. As you heard and saw in the cold opening, the Australian Government's Office of Women was asked a simple question in Senate Estimates. The voice for my podcast listeners uh, that you heard was Senator Claire Chandler, the fearless Liberal Senator from Tasmania. She was asking bureaucrats from the section of the government responsible for women's policy to define woman. In short, they answered that anyone who identifies as a woman is a woman. Future generations will look back with amazement on this mad moment of history where we embraced rainbow politics. They will wonder how a seemingly intelligent people could ever have adopted the point of view that someone with a penis could be considered a woman by the Office of Women. Australians who have not lost their minds are wondering how on earth this is happening under a coalition government with a Pentecostal Prime Minister. The radical left's long march has been so successful that no one can rein them in, it seems. It's clear that our politicians are either complicit with radical rainbow ideology or they are not in charge. That's why we need parties like the Christian Democratic Party, which I have just joined. If a Conservative government can't stop this, it will be up to voters to send them a message at the next election. The only message they understand is to lose votes. The CDP believes that despite their faults, Liberal National Coalition governments are in the best interests of our nation. However, if they won't take charge of this gender fluid nonsense in our schools and bureaucracy, they need the thorn in their side that comes from an uncompromised party like the CDP. If you want to stop this nonsense, please sign up today and be a supporter at lyleshelton.com.au. You don't have to be a party member, but of course, We'd love you to become a member as well, if that's what you'd like to do. Most importantly, at the next election, send a message with the most powerful tool of democracy that you have, your vote. I just said to my mum that I didn't want to be a boy. I felt like a girl and 
that I'm sick of living in this body. So, Isabel, do you have any questions for me? Um, how does a hormone blockers work? The Christian Democratic Party will introduce a bill into the New South Wales Parliament to ban experimental gender reassignment treatments on children. The bill, which will be introduced by the Honourable the Reverend Fred Nile, MLC, ahead of his retirement from the Parliament in November, is focused on children's safety. I expect it will take some time to prosecute the case and I will be continuing the work uh, on the bill once I succeed Reverend Nile. Prescribing cross-sex hormones such as estrogen and testosterone can lead to irreversible consequences such as lifelong infertility and pupae blockers can impact on bone density. So-called medical treatments on children that can lead to the chemical castration of them should be banned. So too should double mastectomies on girls under 18, five of which have already occurred in Australia in recent years since the promotion of LGBTIQA plus gender fluid ideology. Children suffering from confusion about their bodies should be afforded nothing but love and support. They should not be prescribed treatments with lifelong adverse consequences. The CDP's bill will be based on similar laws recently passed in Arkansas and Tennessee in the United States, but tailored to the Australian experience. Almost 40 other US states are contemplating laws to protect children from experimental gender treatments. The CDP's move comes as Sweden, Finland and the UK reconsider the use of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones on children. Here in Australia, gender clinicians at Sydney's Westmead Hospital recently raised concerns about so-called gender affirmative treatment, uh, that model which seeks to help children transition from their biological sex. Gender dysphoria or gender incongruence has always been with society, but up until recent years had been extremely rare in children. The successful watch and wait protocol, which New South Wales Independent MP Alex Greenwich wants to outlaw as conversion therapy, uh, it meant that up to 90% of children suffering from a concern they were born in the wrong body became completely comfortable with their natal sex upon going through puberty. The publicisation of LGBTIQA plus gender fluid ideology and its introduction into schools has seen the numbers of children presenting with gender dysphoria skyrocket. At Australia's most prominent gender clinic, the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, numbers have jumped from just six referrals in 2009 to 473 last year. According to the Clinic's director, Dr. Michelle Telfer, around 80% of these children will go on to have irreversible sex change treatments. The ABC's Australian Story did a one-sided feature on Dr. Telfer's controversial work with children, uh, and it was highly critical of the Australian's Bernard Lane, who has been reporting the international debate about the potential harms to children of this experimental treatment. I'd encourage people to watch the ABC's Australian story and then read Lane's statement, which uh, he put out uh, this week in response. Also, Lane's recent discussion with Claire Lehman on the Quillette podcast further exposes the ABC's one-sided coverage of this important child health issue. You can Google all this stuff or have a look at it on my website, lyleshelton.com.au. They might not be old enough to vote, but they turned out by the thousands to march. 
school children turned youth activists, school bags still slung over their shoulders as they left their classrooms behind and spilled onto city streets, demanding action on climate change. I think it's really important to just be out here supporting the movement because it is our future. It's the future of our country, it's the future like of our children. Why are you here today? Oh uh, well, the earth is burning and we need to do something about it, so um because this is our future really. And how old are you? Oh I'm ten. Children who have never paid an electricity bill wag school last week to protest inaction on climate change. Their woke teachers have fed them lies about the imminent climate collapse. What they haven't been taught is that the government has been acting on climate change. This action has caused our electricity prices to more than double over the past decade. This has caused economic hardship to millions of families, pensioners and businesses for no good reason. Unlike New Zealand and Canada, Australia has met all and, and beaten all of its emissions reduction targets under international agreements. What more action do the kids want? If the kids on the streets really believed that coal was destroying the planet, they'd be outside the Chinese Communist Party's embassy in Canberra, bagging dictator Xi Jinping instead of demonising Scott Morrison. But the truth has never mattered in this debate, and a whole generation of children have been scared witless. You heard them. They think the planet is burning. The climate strike kids are even opposed to Morrison's plan to keep our lights on by building a gas-fired power station at Curry Curry in the Hunter Valley. The kids can't tell us how homes will be heated and cooled, how manufacturing jobs will be sustained, nor how electricity prices will remain affordable in their coal, gas and nuclear-free woke world. They are completely unhinged from reality thanks to brainwashing at school and by the media. The fruit of this woke brainwashing is ripening in the minds of unripened brains. But the hypocrisy of the climate cult extends way beyond the kids to the world of adults who should at least know better. Last weekend's Upper Hunter by-election for the New South Wales Parliament saw all of the major parties suddenly supporting coal mining. The Nationals leader, John Barillaro, even boasted that his anti-coal and gas cabinet colleague, the Environment Minister, Matt Keane, was locked in witness protection until after the by-election was finished. Sadly, uh, this is politicians simply doing and saying whatever it takes to win votes. Where has Barillaro been, as Matt Keane has said, about the deindustrialisation of New South Wales by shutting down coal and opposing gas-fired power generation? Keane thinks that an industrial economy can uh, heat and cool houses um, on wind and solar uh, and run manufacturing jobs. It just can't. Now, the by-election is over. Keane, I predict, will continue with Barilaro's acquiescence, his program of degrading New South Wales energy security. Like the kids, Keane ignores the experts like Barack Obama's former chief scientist, Stephen Coonan, and Bjorn Lomberg, who provide evidence that the climate crisis is grossly overblown. There is simply no need to be hobbling our economies and making families suffer economic pain in a futile attempt to change the temperature of the planet. Make no mistake, New South Wales and the entire eastern seaboard of Australia faces an energy crisis when the Liddell coal-fired power station at Musselbrook closes. Morrison's gas-fired power at Curry Curry is a last minute attempt to stop the lights going out, literally. Only politicians could have orchestrated this crisis. 
Taxpayer-funded CCP-built windmills and solar panels combined with the willful rundown of coal-fired electricity production has led to a situation where the fix is to build a gas-fired plant 40 miles from the world's biggest coal export port. It makes no sense, but Keane and the kids hate gas too. Only weak politicians stand in the way of doing what should be done, and that is the construction of a replacement coal generator. The CCP must laugh as we export shiploads of coal to feed their insatiable appetite for coal-fired electricity with not a lump allowed to be burned here in a new st station for us. If Liberal and Labor really believe what they say about climate change, they would shut down coal exports tomorrow. No wonder the poor kids are confused. Meanwhile, the CCP is winning its unrestricted war against Australia without firing a shot. We weaken our economy and hurt our people. They strengthen their economy and military and give their people affordable electricity. Our politicians have sold us a pup. The CCP is aided in its mission by our woke infested kids skipping school to yell on the streets that it is all Scott Morrison's fault. The dishonest Labor and Liberal Greens politicians are G's other useful idiots. All the while families, pensioners, businesses are trying to pay for their electricity, they're the ones who are suffering. Speaking of the Chinese Communist Party, I think the world is finally waking up to just what an evil gang runs things in Beijing. I've always been impressed with the Falun Dafa organization's moral uh, clarity about the CCP. They should know their people have been victims of systematic organ harvesting and other persecution. During the week, I spoke with Lucy Zhao, the president of Falun Dafa in New South Wales. Okay, well, joining me now is Lucy Zhao. She's the president of the Falun Dafa Association in Australia. Lucy, welcome to the Lyle Shelton Show. Thank you for inviting me here. Lucy, it was a great privilege to be with you and hundreds of other supporters of um, Falun Dafa at World Falun Dafa Day recently at Circular Quay in Sydney. And uh, I was really impressed by the virtues that you um, espouse. They're, they're the same virtues that Christians like myself believe in, and they're the sort of virtues that make for a good society. Uh, for those who are not familiar with Falun Dafa, uh, just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and um, what your religion uh, espouses, um, apart from those virtues I just mentioned. Uh, sure. So Falun Dafa is not uh, really a religion. It's a spiritual meditation practice that's originated from Chinese culture that's uh, based on the um, universal values of truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance. So it's, um, it's a meditation practice. It's also a way of living. So the practitioner of Falun Dafa will follow the teaching, the principles to be a good people, um, upgrade their morality and mind nature. Mm, trying to be a, a good uh, um, family member and good workers and good uh, community members and make a contribution to the society and to others and also improve themselves, become healthier and more positive um, and more um, energetic and also um, productive um, member of the society. Yeah. Okay, that, that all sounds sounds great and, and no one would disagree with any of that. Um, forgive me for mischaracterizing you as a religion. I, I assumed it was, but uh, certainly uh, when you use terms like spirituality, that does sound very religious. 
Uh, yeah, it's a spiritual teaching, but we don't have the formality of like going to the church or temple um, yep. worship like that. So people just basically um, doing the practice um, of meditation uh, in their daily life, either at home or in a park, um, and they just improve um, their um, morality and be a good person in their daily life, in their family, in their workplace as well. So that's why we say it's not a religion, but it is yeah. a spiritual teaching. We do believe yeah. in, um, you know, their um, heavens, um, retributions. Um, okay. Sounds sounds very religious, but I, I won't argue with you over that, Lucy. Um, but but I do commend you for promoting those values and virtues. Uh, our society needs more of that. Lucy, I, I want to turn now to um, another aspect of commonality that we as Christians have with uh, Falun Dafa, and that is um, a deep concern about the Chinese Communist Party and its ambitions. Um, I, I think many of us in Australia have only just woken up to how evil this organization is but this is not new to christians and it's certainly not new to falun dafa tell us about your concerns with the ccp over the last uh, few decades that falun dafa has been in existence yeah so thanks for raising that very good question um because um the falun dafa has been actually uh, brought to the public in china in 1992 but it is a private teaching that can go back um, more than a thousand years in China, but it was brought to public in 1992 by yep. the founder, Mr. Li Um But after that, um, Falun Dafa became really popular. Um, um, in like seven years, by 1999, Falun Dafa attracted 100 million people. Um, wow. So almost one out of 10 people in China practiced Falun Dafa at that time. Um, and, and, and Lucy, just if I can interrupt there, just, just for clarity yeah. then. So I, I mentioned um, Falun Dafa had been around for a couple of decades, but and that's true as a organisation, uh, but its teachings and its philosophy is really akin to traditional Chinese philosophy going back uh, thousands of years. That's what you're telling me, isn't it? Yes, yes. So it's very deeply rooted in traditional Chinese mm -hmm. culture, which has a long tradition of um, um, spiritualities and uh, people are actually um, become part of their life and work professions guided by this spiritual teaching, which is the foundation of Chinese culture called uh, um, Confucius teaching, Tao's teaching and um, Buddhism. That's the three spiritual foundation. So Falun Dafa is rooted from that spiritual um, heritage in Chinese Chinese culture. But, you know, the communists took the power in 99, um, 1949. After that, uh, those spiritual connection was largely destroyed. But Falun Dafa's teaching really helped people reconnect to that divine culture and um, spiritual heritage. That's one of the important reasons it was um, so popular. And of course, another reason is the tremendous health benefit. Um, so this health survey show like um, people who practice Falun Dafa, their health improvement rates um, can be as high as 90%. And people even recovered from very serious illness like a cancer or other very uh, serious like um, illness or mental problem. Um, so because the Falun Dafa become so popular, uh, so it makes the Chinese Communist Party feel very threatened. Mm. Um, so, unfortunately, in July 1999, the former leader of the Communist Party, Jiang Zemin, started the persecution of Falun Gong, so banned the Falun Gong in China, 
and force people to give up their practice. Otherwise, they will be sent to jails, forced labor camp, which is similar to the Christian treatment. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? And and we've heard stories um, in recent years uh, of organ harvesting from Falun Dafa practitioners. Tell us about that. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so basically, um, because the, there's so <laughs> such a large number of practitioners in China, and they refuse to give up their practice, so mm-hmm. they were sent to forced labor camp. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you're all right. We, we can we can edit this, Lucy. Feel feel free to. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, uh, no problem. Dr- yeah, that's yeah. fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Excuse me about that. Yeah. No, it's your, um, take, take your time. All good. All good. Yeah. So basically, um, because there's millions of Falun Gong practitioners in China and they refuse to give up their practice. So they were sent to forced labor camp, prison, mental hospital. And then later on, the government find it's become a very profitable business to kill those people and sell their organs because it's such a high demand yeah. and it's very um, low cost but high profit um, industry. How did you find out that the Chinese Communist Party was killing people and selling their organs? So there are actually independent lawyers, journalists and um, <clears throat> other human rights activists actually have done multiple investigation. So they have found uh, mounting evidence that actually show that um, <clears throat> there are a lot of Falun Gong practitioners and other prisoners of conscience, they're actually missing. And um, so they actually, um, there's a few books were published. Mm-hmm. And um, so I could, um, I wouldn't be able to tell you everything, but uh, there's a few things that is very obvious. Yeah. One is um, the waiting time of the organ transplant <clears throat> in China is very shocking. So in Australia, you have to wait for <clears throat> two, three years or even longer. But <clears throat> in China, basically, um, they promise you can get a liver or kidney transplant in two, three weeks. Wow, wow. Yeah. And um, so how that possible unless you just have a live organ bank yeah. that yeah. you can kill by demand? It, it, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. <laughs> um, Lucy, um, the, the, the thing that has often amazed me over the years is when you see um, news footage of China, typically you'll see images of Tiananmen Square with um, that big photo of Mao Zedong uh, hung in in Tiananmen Square. Now, this is a man who was responsible for the deaths of at least 60 million Chinese people through shootings, um, a a famine that he deliberately caused. I mean, this fellow is a genocidal figure, and yet his photograph hangs in Tiananmen Square. I mean, the idea that Adolf Hitler's photograph would hang anywhere is abhorrent. Why is it that this genocidal criminal uh, is venerated uh, in communist China? Well, because communists is very good at propaganda. 
and brainwashing. So basically, they make Chinese people believe that Tiananmen st uh, student massacre didn't happen. Hmm. And uh, because I was in China at that time, so we were told no student were killed. <clears throat> it's the bad people killed the soldier. So similarly, with this organ harvesting and the persecution of Falun Gong or Christian and Uyghurs, basically Communist Party, they can just blindly say, no, it didn't happen. We didn't kill those people. There's no organ harvesting happening. And Christian was not mistreated. <laughs> and uh, mm. um, so, and because all the media in China are state-owned, so it just keep repeating the propaganda of the government. And so that make um, a lot of Chinese people really believe what government told them. Mm. They believe that student massacre in Tiananmen didn't happen. They don't believe that Falun Gong practitioners and Christians and Uyghurs and Tibetans are mistreated. Yeah. Um, so this kind of, you know, pro, uh, brainwashing campaign is quite successful. So it successfully demonized Falun Gong and Uyghurs and the Hong yeah. Kongers and the Tibetan yeah. and the Christian mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So that's how they can cover up their crime. And uh, because I'm sure anyone who have some conscience and humanity will really agree with such um horrible crimes against humanity, right? Um, yeah. Because the more, like in terms of organ harvesting, in addition to the waiting time, there's many other mounting evidence. So for example, the investigation by the two human rights lawyers, um, Mr. David Mattis and David Koga, they actually collected the um, data from the Chinese hospital and health department data. So they actually find that um, every year, um, from 2000, there is every year there are 60,000 to 100,000 organ transplant has no explained sources. Wow, wow. So if you I'm add in. like 10 years together, that will be more than a million and even more. That, absolutely shocking, absolutely shocking. And Lucy, this is um, the, from the official data of the Chinese hospital and health department. Yeah. It's not we make it up. That, so China um, has very low organ donation rate because mm. the Chinese culture believe people should keep their body intact. Mm. So that's mm. why out of 1 million people, only less than 1% donate their organ. So then the question really comes, how they can support such a 60 to 100,000 organ transplant every year? And many of these organs are vital organs. We're not just talking about kidney, we're talking about heart, liver, yeah. and cornea. So when people lost it, they would, they, they would die. Yeah, it's absolutely shocking. Lucy, um, as I said earlier, I was so impressed that your people at World Falun Dafa Day were prepared to march through the streets of Sydney carrying uh, anti-CCP placards, helping educate the wider Australian population to how evil this organisation is. Do you ever face um, threats from the CCP? We know there's a lot of CCP spies in Australia. That's a well-known fact. Have you ever been intimidated um, or had the CCP try and interfere with uh, your operations here in Australia? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Tell me about wow. it. This is what really? we have been experienced in the last 20 years, um, the Chinese consulate and the Chinese vice has been very actively trying to uh, demonize Falun Gong, isolate Falun Gong and other dissidents in our community. That includes um, give pressure to, um, you know, our local councils, universities and other communities or even media uh, not to report on Falun Gong, not give um, um, room booking to Falun Gong events. 
um, and not um, allow Falun Gong to join the local festival parade to have stores. Um, wow. So you would not imagine that um, in a, such a free country and because your spiritual belief and you will be discriminated and you'll be treated differently from other people, uh, which is very sad. That's the reason why. Well, yeah, well that's, 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 that's un-Australian. Yeah, well, that's un-Australian, Lucy. We don't agree with that. We believe in freedom in this country and Australian citizens like yourselves uh, from a, a different ethnic and cultural background should be free to participate in civic life here. What, what's your advice to Australian politicians? What, what should they be doing to stand up to the CCP? Good question. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, I have a good understanding of what is the nature of the communists is a good start. Uh, there's some good publication by Epoch Times that include a night commentary on the Communist Party. And another publication is called Evil Spectre of the Communism is Ruling the World. So it, they really give some uh, um, very good examples and histories to explain um, the Communist Party is not a normal party or government. Yeah. It's really so the it's largest it. terrorist organization in the world. Yeah. Yeah. If you think you're just dealing with a trade partner and another country or government, it's not. They don't think in the same logic um, as you. They don't follow the same moral principles, ethics as you do. So if you're dealing with such a um, terrorist organization, you need to be really careful. I'm not saying we have to stop all the trade with China, but I'm just saying be really careful and really understand who you're dealing with and don't compromise to their pre um, pressure and um, and intimidation, because um, Chinese government uh, did try to use trade, economics, benefits, and mutual relationship to pressure Australian politician and other politician in Western countries to be silent on the human rights issues in China, mm. including. Falun Gong, including Hong Kong, including Uyghurs, yeah. Tibetans, and Christians, and um, and um, so this is um, their techniques. And uh, you will find that if you compromise, then they will push further. They will ask for yeah. more. But if you stand up to your principles and you show your guts, and then they will know their place. Hmm. And you well, actually, in the end, you will not lose your trade benefit because China trade with Australia, not because they like us better. It's because they need our they resources need and products. That's right. yeah. We don't have to Lucy, for trade. Yeah. Lucy, that is a um, terrific wake-up call. I, I think you're right to call them a, a terrorist organisation. And I think uh, we've suddenly become alive to that, having seen what they've done with the uh, coronavirus uh, out of Wuhan, um, deliberately released all over the world uh, by Xi Jinping, the dictator in Beijing, when he could have stopped travel. Um, so so we, uh, we've now seen and are experiencing firsthand uh, their evil designs on us uh, if, with the disruption they've caused to our lives and our economy. Lucy, um, we admire the... Um, fortitude and the courage of uh, the Fallon DAFA practitioners in Australia. And uh, we thank you for, for bringing the evil of the CCP to our attention. Thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you. So I believe that, uh, you know, we're doing this campaign, um, not just for Falun Gong, for our own belief. Mm -hmm. It's actually for the benefit of all the um, all the people in the world because the, yeah. the communist is a real threat to all humanity, all Absolutely. the kind-hearted people. Yeah. So if we don't stop 
like just like when the Nazi persecuted the Jewish and they invaded in Poland, if people keep silent and uh, yeah. pretend not to see it, it's going to be a threat to the whole world. Yeah. The same, the communist is a real threat. It's not less threat compared to Nazi. So if mm -hmm. you if you just um, keep silent and pretend not to see their threat, and uh, one day it will really. Um, it's really in danger the whole, whole world like what we have experienced in this pandemic mm. um and uh, i think uh, yeah it's not too late to realize that and uh, take action on it now again really well said and that's a hopeful note uh, to end on thanks so much lucy for your time thank you have a nice day since when did Rugby League decide which Bible verses can and can't be quoted? Since Israel Folau's announcement last week uh, that he's seeking a return to the game with Clive Palmer's support at the Southport uh, Club in, on the Gold Coast, that's when. The governing body, the Queensland Rugby League, is reportedly seeking a written assurance that Folau won't publicly express his divisive religious views when it considers his registration request. Think about that. Folau was sacked from the rugby union for quoting the scriptures. Now, the QRL is itself setting itself up as theologian in chief because it thinks it knows the views of the followers of Jesus Christ are divisive. Which of us will be cancelled next? What the QRL doesn't realise is that Jesus himself is described by the apostle Peter in 1 Peter 2.8 as a rock of offence a first century way of describing divisiveness. It has always been such. Humans must choose life or death, heaven or hell, Jesus or the other guy. But in recent centuries, we've learned the value of toleration where we can all agree to disagree with one another and still get on. That was up until about five minutes ago. Preachers could preach about sin and forgiveness and those who disagreed did so without interfering with the freedom of Christians to say hard things. Well, not anymore. Now sporting bodies decide who will be cancelled for religious views they deem theologically incorrect. But what is worse is that they are being driven by a small but well-organised political movement which will not tolerate anything but the public celebration of homosexuality and gender-fluid ideology. These are modern-day shibboleths bow or be removed from polite society. And now they are playing the suicide card. Robert Craddock reports in the Daily Telegraph today, one significant document sent from a private researcher to the QRL included figures claiming that the greatest discrimination in sport concerns young people who are part of the gay and lesbian community and it has caused a spike in suicide rates. I'd love to see this research. No one wants to see anyone committing suicide for any reason. Not Israel Flau, not me, not any true Christian in Australia. Christians must, however, be free to proclaim the gospel, including the parts that say human sexual flourishing is only truly found in monogamous married heterosexual relations. The rainbow lynch mob strategy is to typecast the Bible itself as harmful, to threaten your employment and bully sponsors. This is all dangerous for Christians and for civil society itself. But rainbow political activists, they're the mouse that roared. As the Australian Christian Lobby's recent polling showed, the fans are not the least bit interested in rainbow politics running their game. They want Izzy back on the paddock. For their part, 
Palmer and Flowers seem determined to push through. They have threatened to sue the QRL if they uh, have not made a decision uh, very shortly. For his part, Flower is not backing down. No regrets at all in life, you know. I believe everything, you know, from, you know, my faith in God, everything happens for a reason. Um, it, it's there for a purpose and, and the journey that, um, you know, I've been on uh, to this day now, it's, you know, it, it's um, things happen for a reason and, I, and I'm so thankful for, um, you know, what I've gone through because it's, um, it's, it's brought me a lot closer to, to, with my relationship with God. So um, I, I wouldn't change anything. As a Christian, I, I stand by the Bible and, and what the Bible says. Every written word that, that's written in that book, I, um, I stand by that and, and that's all I'll say about that. No, I mean, are you... As I said, I, I believe what the Bible says and it's clear. I, I didn't write the Bible. That's God's written word and I believe that wholeheartedly. Don't you love his courage? The social media post that got him sacked from Rugby uh, Union was a, parallel, a paraphrase of Galatians 5, 19 to 21 and 1 Corinthians 6, 9. The latter says... Or do you know, not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Now, as Israel says, he didn't write the Bible. Christians need to realise that it is not just Falau the rainbow activists want cancelled. It is the very gospel of Jesus. Remember, the second part of Izzy's social media post was that forgiveness awaits all uh, those who repent from sin, including the sin of same-sex sexual acts. Christians believe all of us are sinners, and most people in an honest moment of reflection would probably agree. People might disagree what constitutes sin, but the Bible makes clear what is in and what is out, whether the modern woke culture likes it or not. True tolerance and love says we can agree to disagree and still participate together in civil society. But rainbow politics says you can't disagree with its worldview and play football. But as I said, it's not about the footy. For these activists, it's about cancelling the Bible and anyone who wants to preach the whole counsel of God, not just bits of it. That's why Izzy's case matters. The irony is that the French... Uh, Super League club, um, the Catalans Dragons, they want Izzy back after he returned to Australia for compassionate reasons after resuming a professional football career there last year. Like Australian fans, European Super League fans are not interested in identity politics. The Christian Democratic Party is supporting uh, Mark Latham's Religious Freedom Bill, which is before the New South Wales Parliament. We will be seeking to ensure that it covers the Falau scenario. The Bible must not be banned. Well, thanks for sticking with me today. If you found this helpful, please share the content with your friends. If you'd like to stay connected, please sign up at lyleshelton.com.au. If you are hardcore like me and want to change the world, can I challenge you to get in the arena by joining the Christian Democratic Party? Go to cdp.org.au. Well, thanks again for your company. Until next week, God bless. The Lyle Shelton Show is a production of The Good Source, hosted by Lyle Shelton. To watch, listen to, or read more content without the SJW PC fact filter, visit goodsource.news. Good, S-A-U-C-E dot news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show.